Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Robinson, who became a new Patreon this week. Hooray! Whoop, whoop. Thank you, Francis. So, this is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality lucky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers. I'm the kebab and tarmac loving Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by the tired out wedding guest, birthday girl who's just spent 10 days in the UK. That is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguin, France. This week's Dumpty Tam. It's an epic rendition of the National Anthem. And on this episode, we'll hear from many of our lovely caller inners. So we hear from Jen, twice, with a spoon, Lily, Claire Asprey, Gadget Girl and Jojo Sexy Heels. Plus, we have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin and we have the social media roundup from our Stephen Bowden. And don't forget... If we have the faith, if we have the social media roundup, then we'll be welcoming new members of our Facebook group. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue Queen or Tart on the Twitters with another week in Ambridge. And what a week it's been! 
both in and out of the archers. I want to give a shout out to Sunny for a lovely Friday night Zoom call. Thanks so much for giving us a feel-good hug over the ether. I think we all needed it. Well, it looked like Russ and Lily were going to overreach themselves this week, buying a flat in Felpersham. Russ would have to do the frankly awful commute backwards and forwards to Lower Loxley. I wondered if their cattle would still work after a couple of years in storage. (laughs) Then the cat was thrown amongst the proverbial pigeons when Chelsea left the building. The torment that Tracy and Brad were thrown into was quite awful, together with other members of the family, including Susan. It was awful to listen to as the week proceeded. It was tortuous to hear the family's anguish as Tracy and Chelsea argued, and Tracy told Chelsea he was stupid for getting knocked up. The next morning, Chelsea was gone, and we had to wait until Friday to hear if she was even alive. The village rallied round, providing printing, communications, hot food and a rallying point at the bull. Brad told the others that Chelsea had a crush on Russ and suddenly Tracy was galvanised into full-on mother bear mode and tore Russ a new one. He denied everything, but the accusation of being the father of Chelsea's child was too much for Lily. She let slip that she'd slept with Sol and that was it. Their relationship is over. It will come as no surprise that I'm delighted about this and I hope it sticks. <laughs> In the meantime, Brad went over to see his dad, Den, who immediately tried to get money out of Oliver. Thank goodness Tracy is rid of him. What a dreadful man. Jim and Alistair went to the soft play centre, thankfully going first to explain what they were doing to the desk, as it was a strange occupation for two grown men without any children with them. <laughs> Jim said there was always time for a new experience. And Jim has showed us why he is an absolute legend by continuing to reach out to Chelsea, who finally got in touch to say that she was okay. She still hasn't said where she is, but we know she's alive and maybe next week we'll reveal what's going on. Stellar work by writer Sarah Heyre, I think, maybe. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Director Kim Greengrass and how amazing Madeline Leslie and Susie Riddell have been as Chelsea and Tracy. Till next week. Should be a good one. Oh, very obviously, we had a week and a half last week. Now, her Madge decided that 70 years of of service was just about enough, and she decided to take a bit of a well-earned rest. Uh, So that's the most important thing that happened last week. Second most important thing, now I'm asking you, because you can be objective because you're in France. Them, their foreign parts is where you is, right? So second most important thing, was it, the disappearance of Chelsea, or was it Liz Truss become the Prime Minister? Definitely Chelsea. Couldn't agree with you more. And I'm really glad that Stewie, Queen O'Tark, mentioned how good our Susie Riddell has been playing Tracy. And Sonny on the Friday dum-de-dum, she said, Royfield, I had to send her a message on WhatsApp and say, blummy now, that is fantastic. What a week we've had. Indeed. Sterling work by Susie, by Madeline, and also Dr. Charlotte Martin, who plays Susan. I thought she was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Mm. Good sistery stuff, supportive. In fact, I think this week we've seen support that we haven't seen for characters, for family, for friends in the village, more, more, more support than we've seen for a long time. People having Absolutely. troubles, people supporting each other. 
The thing that got me was when Tracy thanked the bull for the little food parcels. And this is a family that we know last week went to the food bank. God, that really got me got me right where the tears come from. Did you have the peels, <laughs> did you? I did, just a little bit. I've had it quite a lot this week, actually. So, Well, haven't we all? I must admit, talking about the feels, I was watching on Thursday Hugh, Hugh Edwards do an amazing job on, on the BBC with Nicholas Witchell. The pair of them were talking for hours without saying anything new. Right? No, exactly. Consummate, <laughs> consummate I, was, I was actually in England. I was in England on Thursday. When it, and in fact, my, a friend in France said, I'm watching English television. Who are these two clowns? And I was quite, <laughs> quite <laughs> offended for them. Yes, Andy Wallace, you know who you are. <laughs> Clowns is very harsh. They had a job to do, and considering that all the news was up in the air, I thought they did very well. Hugh kept on asking him the same question in 15 different ways, and Nicholas Witchell answered it in fundamentally the same way. (laughs) But he's a bit like that, isn't he? But, I mean, they were stars for keeping it going as they did. I've got a funny Nicholas Witchell story. I once went to a wedding that he went Mm. to, and his daughter, who was very young at the time, suddenly leant over his shoulder and bit the head off one of the flowers on the end of the pews. That's my Nicholas Witchell story. <laughs> <laughs> Poor child. I hope she didn't suffer any ever, everlasting injury. <laughs> what do you think he's doing? Do you think there was starving, starving young <laughs> I just think Miss it, Witchell? I just, just think it's a, <laughs> it's a wedding. It's boring. You're too. What can you do? <laughs> I tell you where I had the feels, though. It's the Queen and Paddington. <gasps> that gets me. Right? Yeah. I go. <gasps> yeah, I have to say, I mean, I I love the whole Paddington thing for the Jubilee. And mm. in fact, my husband, who's a real Anglophile, luckily, he even felt that that was very uh, touching when she did it at Paddington for the Jubilees because yeah. on a flight not that long ago, he watched Payette by accident. He watched Paddington Bear film. <laughs> So, but the, this week, all those ones, there's one with Paddington and her on a train, just the backs of them. I'll see if I can find oh. it and I'll post it on Dumpty Dum. Okay, but please do. I, I, I haven't seen that one. But he, he, here's the thing, right? If we're not careful, we'll end up talking about the oh, last yeah, 50 will. years worth of British <laughs> history. So why don't what a joy, we, uh, what a joy. Maybe we should do a podcast about it. Oh, maybe you do. <laughs> why don't we have a little bit of Linda Snell answering the phone? And then maybe in between the caller in we can talk about duty and uh, stoicism and the Elizabethan age of British history and uh, and all those good things. Oh, and by the way, wasn't your president rather lovely? He was. I'm always impressed by him, actually, much to the chagrin of most of the people around me. I think he's a, he comes across very, very well and he excelled himself. Didn't he indeed? Well done, Macron. All right, here we go. Monsieur Macron, if you don't mind. Hello, Ambridge3962. You know, I called him Macron, right? And that was purely meant affectionately. Because I didn't Ah, give him his title. Was that an insult? Yeah, a bit. People who are a bit cross with him call him Macron. And people who actually quite appreciate many things about him, or not very many, but just something, show him some respect and say, Monsieur Macron not, or Le Président yeah. Macron. Le Président. Le Président. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, that was a mistake. I didn't even... Oh. oh. We can take that out in the edit. Maybe we'll leave it in. Yeah, All right. who knows? Who Let's just show we're professionals. <laughs> All right. From the correct way to address the President of France, we go to Jojo Sexy Heels. Hello, don't you dummers everywhere. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. My thoughts on who Chelsea's baby father is, I suspect that the father could be Rory. What? He is his father's son after all, and we all know Brian Aldridge has spread his love (laughs) around the village. But I think also that not only is Chelsea pregnant, but also Rory's lady friend Julianne might also be up the duff and therefore he's going to have two progeny on their way anyway that's my thoughts bye for now you know what i i would actually quite love that and it would be a storyline i don't remember being covered in a soap a gentleman who's managed to father do not one but two children at, at the same time that that'd be most delicious anyway who do you reckon the daddy is because i've got some thoughts and feelings on this but you go first Right, I'll, I'll just say my, my little bit, because in fact, at Eggstones today suggested also that Lily was pregnant. So I think everybody's suggesting dual pregnancies. But Jojo, I don't think it'll be Rory. I, I don't even think he was around at the time. So ooh, I'd like it to be Russ, because I think he needs his comeuppance. So there we go. But, but I don't want it to be Russ, because it just confirms that he's a sleazeball we all thought he was. So you tell me who you think, Roy Field. Go I did say this on Friday. I think it's either between Josh Archer, which isn't necessarily an amazing kind of like suggestion. Fundamentally, mm. I think it's got to be one of the characters that was at the rave. Indeed, Russ yeah. was there. Ben was there. Josh was but there. But Ben was off his head. So was Russ. Oh, so was Russ, yep. yes. You're right. And there's another character there. Can you remember who else was there? So Exa- On the bum. When it comes out, exactly. That's who I think it is. Uh, so then it's going to come back to bite Lily. In more ways than soul. one. Mm. That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very, well, blimey. I'll write that in my notes, Royfield. <laughs> so in a few months' time, we'll, if we ever find out, I'll be able to say, well done, Royfield Brown. <laughs> well, remember, I do have form of putting out predictions on this podcast. You do indeed. And you do one indeed. came true. <laughs> In eight years, yeah. I do remember. I do remember you living it up for several months. Well, once, oh, come on, because nobody else saw it coming. <laughs> to me, it was no. just like, come on now. Everything was always about uh, money to do with Philip Moss, and I, was, yeah. I nailed it. I nailed it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's soul. I'm telling you, but you uh, okay? I'll mark that in my little book. But I also remember that you were very early on suspicious of Rob and his treatment of Helen. So I give you a half a tick for that. But you know what? Though? I wasn't the first, though. To be fair, but I, I was. No, well, I was way behind. Ones, if I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was an early one that turned, but I, but I was not the first. So, but I, Philip Moss, that's all me. Detective yeah. Inspector Sherlock Holmes, Royfield Brown worked at, read the entrails of all those storylines. Anyway, so you're thinking, you're thinking, who's going to be the, the daddy again? I feel like it's been too pointed 
towards Russ. So yeah. I think it's a real red herring, red herring. And also because of the the denouement at the end of this week with Lily doing her thingy about admitting and everything, I think it's led up to that. But I don't, So I don't really think, I think it came out, that was the point of all the Russ business, mm-hmm. not... The, so I agree. I, ben, Josh, it's all possible, but I don't see anybody. It can, it can be anybody else. I'm sure it was to do with, with that the rave. But I've got a slight doubt because she was home early, stone cold sober, according to her mom. Well, so. and yeah, but and she said I took the morning after pill, so I thought it was going to be all right. Which says to me that you know she was totally compass mentis. So that doesn't come as a surprise yeah. to me. No, no. Hmm. Well, let's hope we get the chance to find out. It's one of those storylines that fizzles out. It better not be after this How, week. Well, we don't even know if she's going to keep it or not. I must. I, no, I might upset a few people here. I hope she doesn't. I agree with she's you entirely. Young. So that's it. The too two young. of us. She's far too young. Yeah. She comes from an underprivileged family who is struggling. Mm. She's in a position where she's struggling. Her mum's struggling. Just they don't need that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and not. I agree. Absolutely not. No. So, tremendous storyline. And, and to your point, yes, it was great to see the village rally around and, uh, and and be incredibly supportive. What I really enjoyed as well were all the family connections. We had Fallon and Jolene, who we haven't heard from together for a long time, mm-hmm. showing appreciation of each other. We had Jim, Jim and Alistair doing the most sterling work, going about what they were doing in a soft play area by those two old men. I don't know, but anyway. But but they were being very supportive of each other's mm. family members, as well as all showing support for Tracy and Chelsea. Yeah, so and, I felt that it... And, and also shown, shown support for Jazza, because remember Jazza says, you know, I'm going to go round yeah. there and do X and Y and Z, and they kind of yeah. calmed him down and whatever, and but understood where that naked kind of anger came from, yeah, you know. And Absolutely. Maybe we'll have some callers that we'll talk about that. I'll tell you what, look at you queuing things up. Just Go, before, sorry, got carried just away. Just before you queue things up or just after you queue things up, I've got another suspect of who the daddy might be. Who's the daddy? Oh, go on. Right. Who is it? Then? Left field this, but think about it. So when Jazza basically moved in with Tracy... Chelsea was escaping to go where? To hang out with whom? Don't know, no, I feel remind me. Jim. Remember, she was round to Jim's, which is the sure. reason why Jim's been calling her and, and texting, and eventually, at the end of the week, she got back to Jim. I reckon Jim Lloyd's the daddy. I can't speak to you anymore. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you've, sh- you've shocked me. Let's listen to a caller in her. <laughs> Royfield Brown. Oh, I think I feel a bit sick in my mouth there. Oh, no, that's one of the lines from this week, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it is salt. It's no. salt. But the thought... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's, it's Sol. Sol's the daddy, not Jim. Don't that's worry. all right. You've rescued that one. Okay, carry on. Right. Follow in us, please. Okay. <laughs> from Jojo Sex Heels, we go to Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Well, what an interesting week we've been having and full of tension on the archers also. I just want to say, amidst all of the things that are going on, firstly, 
like amazing acting from Susie Ridds and just I really feel for Tracy. But some really great performances on the whole. And Jim's response to soft play really took me by surprise because anyone who's got small children who's ever taken small children to soft play will know that they are some sort of small centre of hell. It's like a deal you make with the devil to just get the kids to run around <laughs> and spend some energy for a while. But I really loved his impression of joy, which was lovely. Um, but most of all, the thing that made me happiest this week was, I don't care whether Russ is the baby daddy or not, I suspect he probably isn't, but the fact that it's believable enough to Lily that he might be, that's just thrown a big sort of explosion in the middle of that relationship between Lily and Russ, especially when they were so smug like a week ago, we knew it was coming. Yeah, I'm almost happier to see Russ, Russ get his comeuppance for something he hasn't done than for something he has done because it feels like he got away with stuff that he did do and I'd like to see him bang to rights with stuff that he didn't. There's some sort of special retribution in that and sense of kind of total natural justice. Anyway, I'm coming over all sort of vindictive and I don't really mean to be like that. And uh, anyway, keep up the good work. Bye. Good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Do you believe in karmic justice? Nah. What? Just naked no. retribution? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but bunny burners the lot. <laughs> I've changed character because I've been in England, you see, so there you are. All right. So what basically what you're saying is us us English, we're more knee-jerk are we when it comes to things of justice and natural justice where the French are a little bit more considered is that what you're saying well they're very bored the French most of the time so they don't bother they don't they don't really do cross about stories instant things they go but we do in England don't we mm. blimey you ought to see the the, the hear the caller to the local radio station in Scarborough the sewage in the water disgusting they were absolutely screaming from the rooftops. And I was only there a day. 
<laughs> Let's say in San Gwen, if yeah. there was somebody who taught at the local high school and he was in his late 30s, let's say, and he was having a relationship, a committed and loving one with somebody who he used to teach. So she's considerably younger. You know, maybe she's like 22, 23. Would people be like, ah, love's love? You know, that's how they met. Or people would be like, he's a wrong one. To your face, they'd be charming. To his face, they'd be charming. They wouldn't treat him any differently. To her face... In the meantime, behind your backs, there will be right little monkeys. The would that be really vicious. Mm -hmm. He'd be he'd be talked down. The WhatsApp group would be going crazy, and he wouldn't be in it. Yeah, they're t double faced. Mm. Le WhatsApp would mm. be le WhatsApp c'est brûle. <laughs> it would be burning. <laughs> Fair enough. Right then. So the attitude of the of the French isn't that different from, from us Brits then, really. No, it isn't really. We're all we're all one nation, aren't we, really? Goodness. That's a bit deep. Sure, isn't surely it? we're not that's what Brexit was all about. We don't want to be one with, with, with you French. <sighs> your loss, your loss. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And just just to bring this back to, to her madge. And everybody says, oh, 70 years, she never expressed an opinion. Oh, yes, she did. Oh, yes, she did. Uh, uh, Brexit, <laughs> when you had to do the Queen's speech. You couldn't have been more robust. I know. I know, absolutely. How thrilling was that? If she didn't pay a ton to her couturier, she jolly well should have done because that was superb. It absolutely absolutely. Was. The hat with the stars. Uh, I, to this day, I do not know how the Daily Mail, the Sun, the Telegraph, the Times, all those organs of Brexit didn't actually really report on that. They kind of just let it pass. Anyway, you know what? I'm talking about Brexit. Yeah, we're not supposed God to. God bless you. No, come on. Uh, Madge, yeah. may, may you be yeah, having a nice indeed. time with Philip. And Indeed. And Paddington. And Paddington's not dead. Is Paddington dead <laughs> as well? Don't tell me. Oh, my God. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you know? <laughs> Listen, we had a great call in from Lily cause I, that I want to oh, talk right. about. Okay. It's all about all Russ, right. so we should carry. listen to all that. Right. Okay, Lily is next. Hello, this is Lily from Hertfordshire. I'm calling in this week to talk about Tracy and her comments about Russ this week because finally somebody has articulated what is so problematic about Russ as a character and something that I've never been able to get over about how he's just been allowed to thrive in this middle-class environment with Lily despite breaking all sorts of safeguarding, codes of ethics, teacher standards, that he was in a position of power and care over Lily and completely abused that. And yet there never seemed to have been any real consequences for that action, that he's just been accepted into this community so easily particularly Lily's own family and friendship group, who I'm sure in reality would not be so naturally understanding or accepting of him. And it's just really, really, really frustrating. So I really, really hope, and this makes me a bad person, and I know it does, but I crave the drama and the chaos. And so I really, 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 really want him to be involved in some way. I think as well, it'll be really interesting to see if the relationship with Ruri and Julianne is as accepted by the village should they decide to make their relationship more traditional and pursue that 
route in their relationship because if the community his family can't accept that then it just reeks of the kind of sexism that these relationships tend to suffer from in the media in society and that that is not fair so yes hopefully russ is involved in some way and gets his comeuppance finally thank you so much for the podcast is a weekly delight thank you you're you're a weekly delight madame berto well done so are you. I'm not a weekly person. This is my first time in in two weeks. So there you go. It's you that's the delight. Ooh. What do you think of what she said? Well, I think she speaks for us all, really, because he had got away with it. And, and, and I'll tell you, the one character who I've always thought their position was really quite weird in all of this, but there must be a reason for it, is actually Elizabeth. Elizabeth Indeed, didn't yeah. exactly go, wait on a minute, he's your lecturer. It's ethically Mm. wrong right apart from just Mm. the age gap which feels icky anyway he was a lecturer and elizabeth seemed to be incredibly accepting whereas freddie was not freddie went he's a creep you know freddie's now come round because he obviously loves her you know i don't think any of us are denying that he's not 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 in love but you know freddie was like no lily this is wrong he's a this and a that and it was elizabeth I must admit, if it was my daughter, my niece, my friend's daughter, who was having a, a relationship with a lecturer, I wouldn't be happy. No, I agree entirely. That's been my my argument all along. He wasn't just her lecturer. He was the deputy head of the school. Oh, yes, in you're right. Even more of a, a position of authority mm. and guardianship than just... Just a normal, I don't mean that as yeah, uh, yeah, in a derogatory, yeah. derogatory way, just a normal teacher. But, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable that, as Tracy said, you know, he's been accepted in this village and he's a creep all through and through. I know we've come to like him and he is a superbly smi- smarmy, slimy character that we love to hate. So he's, he's he's worked his way into our hearts as well. But I've always had that reservation. He makes me feel uncomfortable how he came into the Archers, the whole storyline. Mm. And I think this has been one of those slow burn stories that, you know, we might have read it wrong. It might not be anything to do with him, but there'll always be that suspicion. But I think it can't be him. He did, he did give his phone to, to the police and, and there was nothing on there. All right, so prima facie is in the clear. However, I think what is lovely about this storyline is that we know, though people haven't been saying on on mic, ooh, this is odd. What's a 40-year-old man doing with a 22-year-old or however old Lily's actually supposed to be, but she's around about that age, let alone how, how he met her. It was obviously in the back of everyone's mind because when Brad mm. goes, hmm, Tracy flies around They all there, jump. You know, Indeed. Lily goes, well, actually, yeah, this doesn't quite smell right. You know, explain yourself, mm. right? So everybody actually has those thoughts in the back of their mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's been hovering there all the time. Mm. But I don't know whether anybody called in and said this, but I thought it was really off the fact that he was apparently having a little fling with Lily and grooming her or however you call it when he was still married and now suddenly it's all over because she's been unfaithful to him pot black comes to are you using black as a a pejorative no no because I'm black pot that's the pot are you very (laughs) filled 
Blimey, <laughs> the lighting's so good, I could never tell you, just like a big shiny blob to me. <laughs> no, the pot calling the kettle black. That's an old English expression oh, that's oh. used in Jamaica as well, oh, you know. You know what it actually is? It actually is. When, when <laughs> people talk about, you know, the symbolism of language and, and whatever, yeah, Jamaicans do use that as well. All right, so so well done for that call, Lily. And thank you for pulling me back from being, let's say, uber woke and berating you for using an expression that my mom uses. Now, it's that time where we, where we remind you how you can get your voice on the show. Uh, the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum and don't forget the T in the middle. And you'll also find a link to our recording mechanism in the show notes. Don't forget, we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, you just heard a call from Lily and Lily sent her call in at 7 p.m. but we thought it's a great call let's put it in there also is another way of which you can actually contact us you can send us a voice note on whatsapp by going to plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six if speak pipe is too much of of a faff or a fuddle for you now very obviously this is the people's podcast as penned by stephen bowden So we always need your help. There are three ways of which you can aid us. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe and give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on. That would be hugely appreciated. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon, just like our Patreon Francis Robinson at the head of the show. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, we would chuff to bits to have your support. Now, just whilst we're on that, Jacqueline Berto, have you watched the wonderful Zoom that we did with our Sonny Ormond? No, I'm afraid I haven't because I was travelling I was I was traveling most of yesterday when I got home there were needs needs things needed doing here. OMG OMG surely whilst you were traveling on my list for before tomorrow before you were traveling you should have downloaded it to your phone on on the YouTubes and then it would have been ideal for you whilst you were did you did you fly or did you come on the ferry No oh, ferry ferry oh, well there you go yeah. ferries are boring not much to do Right, you could have been. You could have been. It was very rough, Royfield. I would have watched and listened to lots of things, but it was one of those ferries that was so rough you had to lie down and close your eyes to stop yourself being very, very poorly. Oh it was one of the roughest crossings I've had for years. Very strange. Well, anyway, yeah. no, I wasn't looking at anything. No horizons, no ceilings, nothing. Oh dear, does sound like a rough <laughs> passage. <laughs> it was a rough passage. <laughs> well, there we go. Why <laughs> to say good people whilst we consider Jacqueline's rough passage? Why don't you, if you haven't done so already, go onto YouTube, type in Dumpty Dum, you'll find my channel, and then you'll see the interview which we did. It was more of a conversation, it wasn't it? An interview. It was a lovely natter that we had with Sonny Ormond. And cumulatively, there's about 80 Dumpty Dummers there for the whole hour there was about 35 or so on youtube sorry on on zoom and then about 20 to 30 actually on youtube which was totally heartening at, at any one point 
And she's just a real lovely supporter of the podcast. We had a lovely natter. And she's just riveted by the storyline as well. We talked a little bit about the Queen. And also we did the Dum De Dum quiz. So I suppose really what I'm saying is lean into Dum De Dum. It, it is your podcast. And if you come onto those Zooms, you can actually ask questions yourself to the actors who play the characters that we love on The Archers. Now I shall look forward to catching that this week, and I hope lots of other people do too. Oh, it's it's, it's getting some really good views. So so it, it it really was a lovely chat. Well done, Royfell, for doing that. Now before we go back to our calls, don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumdum.com and hitting the contact us button. Now mm, there might be a little bit of an issue with, with the contact us because a couple of people have said they've been sending emails and we just aren't getting them. So I'm going to speak to our crack team of crack team of developers and see what they can do. So I tell you what, why don't you do this for now? Go onto WhatsApp, pen your thoughts there, send them to me via WhatsApp whilst we sort out what exactly is going on with the email. Back to our Cordrinerus, I, I hear you say. And now we have the th- our call from the Upper Lower East West Side, and it's with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. It wasn't the cheeriest of weeks in Ambridge, the United Kingdom, and throughout the Commonwealth. A time of mourning that we intellectually knew would occur one day, but emotionally could not imagine what that would be like. We also know that day will come for the two matriarchs of the archers, but not something we'd like to dwell upon. So back to the current goings-on. We speculated on where Chelsea has gone, and who the father of the developing fetus is. Is it Russ, Josh, Ben, Saul, Blake, or someone else entirely? My answer, how the hell should I know? But I do agree with Royfield and others. I don't believe it's Russ. It's understandable that a desperate Tracy confronted Russ with a metaphorical pitchfork as the awareness arose that Russ had initiated an affair with a vulnerable 18-year-old student, Lily, a few years before. Tracy believed he did the same thing with her 17-year-old daughter because she needed an answer there and then to address her pain. Next, Lily's reaction. So much to unpack there. First, her deep-seated subconscious ambivalence about how her relationship with Russ began, her youth, his position of power, her participation in an extramarital affair, add in Lily's own affair and her guilt about this. The listeners have been screaming about all of it since the get-go our protests falling on the seemingly deaf ears of the scriptwriters. But maybe they've been listening and plotting, literally, the denouement of Lily and Russ all this time. Well done, scriptwriters, for creating what we think is the deserved punishment of Russ, when in this case, he's innocent of what he's being accused of, but is guilty of past transgressions. In another multiverse, and perhaps still in this one, Lily and Russ will survive, but in a relationship forever stained by questions and doubts. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. Everybody is just like trying to work out who the daddy is. But what else did Mr. Spoon say? I was wondering where on earth is Chelsea? hope she's okay. And then... Where where could she be? You know, you, you were once a 17-year-old young woman, weren't you? Oh, my God, you ran away to Holland. 
I've told my mum about this podcast this week, so she might even listen. <laughs> well, she's not gonna, you can't get into any hot water now. It's about 40 years ago that happened now, Jacqueline. Oh, I wish it was 40 years ago, yeah. It's actually about near 50, yeah. But hey, it's true. I could get into hot water. I got into hot water with her this week, so there you go. Yes, I've been a 17-year-old woman, and I've had seven, seven, several 17-year-old children as well. Mm. I've had four 17-year-old children. Yeah, where could she go? A friend. But you would have thought they've gone around to all of her obvious friends, haven't they? And yeah, the but what about... of those friends, because her friends aren't likely to be living independently at the age of 17. No, no. That's true. They'll be catching... What about secret places? Have they looked in the, the caravan? Or the cider shed. Or the cider shed. Mm. Or the hide. You'd have thought they'd have done that pr- pretty quickly. Or a squat. Where were the... The indented slaves. Where were they? Where were they kept? Again? Yeah, because she, in fact, didn't she have a connection with one of them? I'd say Brad, but that's her brother. The one who she ran over. She ran over a. Slave. Her mum was giving her a driving lesson with Linda in the back of the car, and she ran over one of the slaves. And you know what? That's when I wasn't listening. That's why I'm just drawn drawn a total blank. Ah, there you go. Yeah. You cracked it. That's where she is. And she. Yeah, I think she is in a squat somewhere with him. Oh, golly, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I badly researched this. I can't remember his name. That just came to the, into my little brain just as we were talking about oh, it. Oh, contraire, madam, your very ample brain, because you just made a stunning, stunning link, that which makes a whole load of sense. Good gracious, where did that come from? Must have dreamt it. The yeah, because he must be living somewhere nearby still, and yeah, and he was. She was friendly with him, and they they had some connection. Yes, when you weren't listening, they had some connection. Mm-hmm. They did a few activities together. There you go. Yeah, that's the answer. Then he's looking... forget your Russes, forget your souls. No, no, it's, no, 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 um... no. He's not the daddy. I'm not saying he's the daddy. <clears throat> ah, right. Souls the daddy, yeah. but that's where she's hiding out. Yeah, she could well be hiding out in Felpersham. There you go. With the slaves. Oof, look at us. <sighs> Blimey! Well, that's Holmes it. Thank you, Watson, BBC. You and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe more like the Pink Panther and Clues, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have Morgan Cagney and Lacey? Come on now. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> Technically. Oh, Starsky and Notch. Then again, showing our age oh, here. All right. So, <laughs> we are, uh, we've indeed. sorted that. Right, yeah. Uh, have you got Harrison's number? Do you want to call him and tell him to get round there now? Yeah, I'll just send him a Twitter thing. Gotcha. He's on Smashing. Twitter. All right. Sorted that. Now, we have not one, but two calls from our Jen, the Ambridge Pony Club. So here is the first call. Greetings. Oh my goodness. Uh, Jen here. What a week. Some of the best episodes ever. Um, Didn't like the whole Chelsea storyline. Terribly miserable. Very distressing. But if it was all just to lead up to that scene with Lillian Russ, happy days. That was amazing. I'm delighted that we're finally talking about what happened to Lily openly, that she was groomed, that it is not okay for the deputy head of a school to start dating somebody who's under 18. I'm not saying that those relationships can never work, but the decent man would have allowed her to grow up a bit, you know, kept in touch, maybe been a good mentor friend, but not done anything until she was a lot older. Lily never saw this as wrong, completely consenting. It's what she wanted. She was dominant in the relationship, all of that. But you can see now 
that she's older, she's only just beginning to get perspective. She's only just beginning to go, oh my God, that's what happened to me. And that's why we have an age of consent. And that's why it's not okay for people in positions of power to have relationships. You can't consent when you're under 18 and you're a student and the other half is a teacher. It's just not right. So anyway, delighted that's all come. And then to have this whiplash thing where Lily's so judgmental and then gets called out on her own infidelity and moral failings. fan flippantastic. The only problem is, I think the way they've done it has set them up for the inevitable. And I think the inevitable is that Russ ends up with Lizzie. And I think that's going to be incredibly hard on Lily. We've all felt that. We've all felt that Lizzie kind of likes the Russ. There's no way she's kicking him out of Lower Loxley after this. I think she's going to be very hard on Lily for how... I don't think he is going to end up being the father. And then I think Elizabeth will be very hard on Lily, saying, how could you think that of my poor Russ? How could you cheat on my poor Russ? And next thing you know, Russ has buried his pants and hopped into a four-poster. Greetings, everybody in Dumdy Dumland. Jen here. Um, I'd done my earlier call before the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, so... Just calling in really to say that uh, what a sad event and the Queen was much loved uh, by everybody in the racing world. Um, One of the few places that she visited when she came to Ireland was the Irish National Stud where I have my offices and yeah I look every day on the See the Stars statue that she opened. Um, Genuinely good horsewoman, uh, obviously a nice person. Um, so yeah, whatever our feelings about the monarchy here, which uh, yeah, I do rather see fail to see the point of the institution, I must admit, but very sad for the family. And um, yes, from the Archer's point of view, we'll be very interested to see who can do a topical insert. I'm secretly hoping that we have a lovely chat between Peggy and Jill, some of the older characters who have had the Queen there as a constant all their lives, who maybe went through the war with the Queen, would be very appropriate. As somebody on Twitter was mentioning, um, Linda was probably the last Archer's character to actually get to meet Her Majesty uh, when she got her OBE. So perhaps Linda can say something. She's another stalwart and great character. But I hope they mark her passing in some way. Perhaps we'll have the Queen Elizabeth II memorial phone box or I don't know Uh, I'm sure they'll come up with something a big patch of rewilding for her or something and then maybe we can look forward to uh, Charles III um, opening a village fate I believe he is a fan of the archers so wouldn't that be nice if we could have Charles or Camilla actually on the show thank you Jen we had not one but two calls from you right as always in these weighty matters of the you know in terms of the intellectual heft of the caller in, I always defer to you, Madame Berto. You being French, you've got all that philosophy and intellectual chat behind you, because that's what all you French do. Do you smoke a, a gitane whilst you pontificate about weight, weighty intellectual matters? If that's the way you see me, you see me like that, Royfield, yes, but... <laughs> Really, it's very far from the truth, <laughs> indeed. Right, so give us, give us the Jacqueline Berto skinny on what Jen, the Ambridge Pony Club, said. It's very similar to what Lizzie said, isn't it? Because she's happy also that the truth about how Russ got together with Li- Lily mm-hmm. is out in the open. Mm-hmm. But she's also saying, well, what happens now, though? Is he going to go? Is he going to stay? 
If he stays, she's making a big prediction there. Lizzie. <sighs> Lizzie's always had a soft spot for him, hasn't she? That, that we cannot deny. And it hasn't been reciprocated in any way that I can actually see. I'm going to say spot soft. I mean a soft spot, right? You know, yeah. She's given him the benefit of the doubt and all that debacle in Manchester. She didn't rip him off a strip, did she? Right. You know. No, surprisingly, she didn't. Exactly. So, but isn't that just so yeah. icky if we go from daughter to mother? Yeah, very icky. Not nice at all. And I don't want to think about it. Thank you. So the second call from Jen, <laughs> she's just talking about the death of Her Majesty, how sad it is. Because, you know, Jen's office, where she works from, as I bet, is in the Irish National Stud. Well, and she's met the Queen uh, several times. Oh, I, I, I've, yeah. I've never met the Queen. I've met King Charles, but he was Prince Charles then, obviously, but ne- never the Queen. But yeah. I tell you, the circles that Jen Ambridge Pony Club moves in, I don't know what she's messing around with us for. Uh, she's, she got, she's a grounded woman. But also she's asking that question about the topical insert. Mm. And we're quick wondering because we're not very quick on the mark, old uh, the archers, are they? At topical well, inserts? we did talk about this on Friday on, did on you? the right. Zoom. And this is what Sunny said. She said the, the, the notification that the Queen died came in relatively late. You know, it was like 6.30 mm. approximately, wasn't it? It was 6.45. There you yeah. go. Right. So that was too late for them to put anything in for that show. And then there wasn't one on the Friday. And so, and then I kind of speculated that, because, you know, they, when they do the topical inserts, it literally is one line. Isn't it? Yeah. It's one line like, oh, didn't England do well? We're in the final type yeah. of thing. Right. Yeah. This is much bigger. You can't just say, it is. isn't it terrible the Queen's died? Because. No, you want to have a conversation between several characters. You need to have Linda in there. Exactly. Because she Jim. was one of the last people. Exactly. That... And Jim, yes. you know, you exactly. do. It needs to be re- uh, proper recording, proper conversations. Yeah. Maybe they'll wait until the day of the funeral. Mm. I don't know. But the, even, yes, even if they wait till the day of the funeral to have the proper conversation, then somebody needs to say, let's raise a, a toast to, to Queen Elizabeth in the bull. Yeah, because that's what's happening all around exactly. the world now. So they yeah. need to insert something on Monday's show. And then Pat should say something on like Wednesday's show. And then on Friday's yeah. show, somebody has to say, say oh, you will be watching on Monday. And then they have the yeah, big exactly. conversation. And is anybody going down? Because a lot of people will be going to London. Mm. I tell you, did you see the crowds in Edinburgh when the the coffin, you know, the hearse going into Hollywood? Yes, in fact, uh, since since the coffin left Balmoral, it's been broadcast live on three stations here in France. Wow. All the time, without any breaks, we've followed that coffin. We've had pundits from the Franco-Britannic people in in London. We've had British people being interviewed here. It's been just amazing coverage. And I've been in and out, in and out of the kitchen uh, all day with the telly permanently on mm. and catching the most beautiful sights of tractors lined up on roads in Stirlingshire. And, oh, uh, really, really an homage. That, I'm so glad they did that through Scotland. Mm. 
because it gave the Scottish people who are so far away from London, you know, mm. London-centric country media, that, yeah, it was, it's been absolutely wonderful today. The crowds were enormous, but all the way along the road, even on the motorway and bridges and things like that, mm. it's been fantastic. Mm. I, I must admit, I, I hadn't been watching all of that but I did see when it came to Edinburgh, and and I was take taken aback. I was like, "Wow, mm. right?" You know, yeah. But good on our Scottish cousins, basically. Yeah, it was three hundred kilometres of route that they took. Well, in fact, as the crow flies, it's about one hundred and forty. Mm. So they did a very roundabout way to visit, deliberately visit cities. Mm. Yeah, very good. Well done. There's also which I thought was was lovely is the proclamations which are happening at various city centres. Yeah. Know it's nice, isn't it? You get... It is nice. You know, the, the town cries, somebody with a big old voice proclaiming the Fantastic. new thing. Yeah, yeah it, it's a lovely... Yeah, really past. good. It's a real good, feel-good thing. And I do, do really and honestly believe that we do nothing better than pomp and ceremony in, in Great Britain. We're brilliant at it. Right. Now. There we go. Oof. So. Moving on. Moving swiftly yeah. on. So there you go, folks. There have been your caller inners, And we do have one emailer in Remember, I said, I think we do have, still have a little bit of a nagging issue with our emails. If you are emailing, or if you have emailed in, we really do apologize. Send us that note via WhatsApp. And again, the number is plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And we'll make sure that it gets on the show. But this is an email from Christine Murdoch, aka Gadget Girlie. Uh, the subject is called Laughing and Crying. Oh, the Archers has made me laugh and cry this week. Tracy made me cry when she was hiding that she'd been to the food bank. And again, when talking to Chelsea on Friday. The whole of Friday's interaction between Brad and Chelsea and Chelsea and Tracy had me in tears. The laughter? Laughing in disbelief at Justin's interaction with Rory. Really? I do really feel that Rory is in over his head and poor Chelsea, we didn't even know she was in a relationship. So is this something more sinister? Looking forward to hearing this week's Dum Tea Dum and next week's episode. Keep safe, everyone. Christine. And obviously that was an email that came in last week, but we didn't have a chance to put it out on the show. Anything more sinister? I don't think it's anything anything more sinister than a bump in the night of which Chelsea thought that she dealt with taking the morning after, but the morning after pull isn't 100% reliable. So um, Yeah, and I, I think you and Miss, Miss Christmas dealt very well with Justin's reaction to Rory last week mm-hmm. as well. So uh, good, good, good email in though, Christine. Thank you. Talking about Miss Christmas, she's mentioned in our Apple iTunes review. We had one this week, and it's a five-star review. Wonderful dum-ti-dum as usual, but a real delight together with Miss Christmas and her youthful take on the latest updates. Very interesting about the lack of a swathe of characters who have disappeared to be replaced by indistinguishable young people. But is this really the end of Shula? Lovely stuff, and thank you both. From Drago Montfichet in Great Britain on the 9th of, no, on the written American, isn't it? 2022 Are you sure you're in Great Britain, Drago? <laughs> that date doesn't look like to be, it. To, to be fair to, to, our, to our Drago, I believe that because it's posted to Apple. I think Apple do it the American Apple, way. Apple, yeah. Oh, they do, indeed. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, thank you. It's always good to get a review from Grand Britannia. But you know what, though, folks? If you're in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United States, France even, you can also write us a review. And you know what? We will get to hear about it and we'll whack that on the podcast as well. So, so that's that. Now let's hear what our Facebook posse have been talking about on Facebook. Hello, YouTube. This week, the discussion on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group was focused on two related stories, Chelsea's disappearance and the flare-up between Lily and Russ. Pam DeLay enjoyed Wednesday's episode, when Lily refused to accept Russ's denials of responsibility for Chelsea's pregnancy. Well, tonight's episode was an absolute humdinger, she said. Need to have a sit-down with a cup of tea. Rob Williams needed a lager, while Paul Newman and Helen Cook needed cheese and teas. But Ian James Bell said, Whiskey sours for me. I'm more sophisticated. Hmm... Fiona Crawford was torn between feeling sorry for Russ, if he didn't do it, and thinking he's got his just desserts for what he did to his wife. Is this karma? Christy Nicole noted Russ's comment, I can't believe Lily would believe that about me, and was unimpressed by his following it up with, I'm done, totally his way of exiting the scenario while blaming Lily. Linda Dunn asked, so, if he's done with Lily, doesn't that also mean that he's done with his gallery job? and therefore has no income and nowhere to live. An excellent point. Jan Mitchell wondered whether it was possible that Lily self-sabotaged by admitting to sleeping with Stomp Rocket Soul because she subconsciously wanted to. Julie Wigg agreed. I thought perhaps Tracy's words rang true for her when she talked about him grooming his pupils. While most of the sentiment on the Facebook group was against Russ, Bonnie McLean was more even-handed. Both Lily and Russ annoy me, she said. She was squeaking to him about her happiness. Cheetahs shouldn't get together. Their baggage is never emptied. Meanwhile, speculation was rife about who made Chelsea pregnant. OK, so I'm going to say it, says Scarlet Air. I really want Russ to be the father. Adding that she is a drama junkie. Me too, said Fiona Crawford. The fallout will be delicious. But Peter Bradford had other thoughts. If you really want drama, how about Alan, or Oliver, or Jazza? Catherine Rowledge didn't think she could bear an Archers, where the lovely Chelsea is stuck for life bringing up Grim Russ's baby. Please let it be Freddy, she said. I have a soft spot for the whiny little chap. And let's see the Horribins move into Lower Loxley. Glenn Fullerlove had another option. I think it's Josh. He was at the rave, he knows Chelsea, and... He has access to Ben and Rory's caravan, which I think is where Chelsea is staying. That was one idea about where Chelsea was hiding. Blair Hicks had his own theory. They saw her, he suggested, meaning Jim and Alistair, when they visited the soft play place. She's a hairstylist. She just did herself a new do. Pam DeLay was a bit more direct. I know where Chelsea is, she said. West London. The dump tish. Other discussions in the group touched on the Soiled Pants initiative, Andy Malander's excitement, not shared by his family, on finding a copy of the Archer's board game in his holiday cottage, June Spencer's letter in the Radio Times, and exactly how old Bartleby is. If you frequent Facebook but haven't joined the Dumpty Tum group, what's stopping you? Join up, join in and add to the conversation. And with that, 
I'll hand you back to the studio. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Facebook Posse. And thank you to everyone who's posted their thoughts to the Dum Dum Facebook group. And if we talk in Facebook, now it's time for us to welcome our new members. And this week we had... A ton of new members this week. Danica Veral. Andreas Conan. Debbie Grossman-Lansing. Fiona Sorotas. Joe Bia. Zena Romano. Susan Delamar. Kate Daniel-Smith. Brad Pack. Penny Taylor. Barbara Edwards. Jean Lewis. Francisca Felbermer-Reisk. Scott Royal. Amy Vincent. And Millie Hart. Crumbs, we did have a lot, didn't we? And what wonderful names we did. most of them have as well. I know. Do you think somebody's deliberately trolling us and putting in difficult names because we both have trouble <laughs> pronouncing them? <laughs> but it sounds like we're becoming even more international than we are generally. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. <laughs> now, don't forget, we're on Twitter under at DumTDum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet-along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus. Also, try and include at DumTDum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps our lovely community as well as following us on Twitter at DumDidum. Where can people find you, Jacqueline Burton? I can occasionally be found on there. It's at Jberto Sanguen. If you're talking Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. It's been a rather challenging week for finding the uncontroversial humour on Twitter, what with the troubling Horobin storyline and events elsewhere in the UK, but here goes. In bronze position, it's Waking Kraken, at Triffid underscore oil underscore ink. As everyone will be having problems with the national anthem now, it's time to officially change it to Barwick Green. In silver, it's Nick, at Check Your Sheds. Out of respect for Queen Elizabeth II, my hashtag The Archers tweets today will contain 27% less sarcasm. And in gold, it's Karen Cunningham, at Martha Minnie, who offers full marks to anyone who can get the words behind the inflatable monkey cage into a work meeting this week. That's it for this week. See you all again at the next Tweet Along. Thank you, Purple Pumpkin. Thank you, Twitter gang. If it's Twitter, we've talked about, we've already done Facebook. It must be time for us to mention that you can find us on Instagram, where we are at DumDum. So please do follow us there. And if you do that this week, you'll be able to see Jacqueline's latest addition to her living room. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah, maybe. It's a bad photo though, isn't it? Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Also, many thanks to P&Q for their work in the last year. There you go. We started the show with a rendition of God Save the Queen. Thought we'd end with another one. Take care, everyone. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you for your service, (laughs) ma'am. You're welcome, Mr. Bond.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.